Well, praise the Lord, everyone. Hello, this is Pastor Mark A. Stroud, and I thank you so much for joining me for another broadcast here on Kingdom Rock Radio. Well, today I've got a very special message for you. Oh, my goodness, I believe it's going to make you shout. And also, it's going to cause you to think, hmm, and take notice. We're going to speak from the subject of a dangerous message. Oh, my goodness, this is going to be a dangerous message. Remember, this is part of the series entitled, What's Holding You Back? And to hear all of the parts of the series, all you have to do is just go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. That's kingdomrock.org. All you have to do is just go there and click on the series, What's Holding You Back? And there you'll find all of these messages free of charge. Or you can just download the Kingdom Rock app from the Google Play Store, the Apple Market, Kindle Fire Market, I'm telling you, it's there for you. We would love for you to hear the entire series and much, much more. And it's all absolutely free of charge. We want to invest this into your life. Well, without any further ado, here comes this message entitled, A Dangerous Message, right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. Be blessed. So I'm grateful for that. I am so grateful. When I stand before you, I stand before you in fear. Not because I'm afraid of you, although some of you can be quite terrifying. I stand in terror of a holy God, knowing that he will hold me accountable for what I say. I am held accountable for every single word. So I stand in fear of him. I stand as I know I stand in his presence. So in response to the happenings of these of current events, how is the heart of God? What is the heart of God? God is not pleased. God is not pleased. But what make this what makes this a, a dangerous message? Because it is not with he's not saying that he's not pleased with the Supreme Court's decision. Because that did not take him unaware. He already knew it was going to happen. God is not saying that he's not pleased with the Supreme Court. He's not saying that he is uh, displeased with homosexuality or same-sex marriages or lesbianism or drunkenness or cheaters or gamblers or prostitutes or those that commit adultery, those that commit fornication. You name the sin. This is not what grieves the heart of God right now. There is a grieving, a grieving of the Holy Spirit in this hour right now. There's a grieving. But to these things, God is not saying that he is displeased. He's not saying that he's pleased with these things. But these are things that he already knew was going to happen. This is not a shocker to him. But something is grieving the Spirit of God right now grieving the spirit of God right now. And what is grieving the spirit of God? What is grieving the heart of God? What makes God unpleased? It's not, again, the 
decision of the decision of the Supreme Court or that people are parading through the streets or parading their sin through the streets. That is not the thing that is displeasing God. What is displeasing God and grieving the heart of God is the reaction of his church. It's the reaction of his church. This is grieving the heart of God. And I tell you, if many in the halls of our church would use as much effort or half as much effort in cleaning up, cleaning up their own lives as they're using and judging others, this world would be a much better place. A much better place. Those that have the answer. Now, many, not all, but those that have the answer are now wasting their time condemning sin. But who is giving the answer of Christ Jesus? If everybody's pointing the finger in rejection, who is giving the answer? Who is applying the blood of Jesus? If everybody's willing to cast everybody out, if everybody's willing to take God's job and condemn and send hellfire and judgment, who is giving the mercy of God? Who is displaying the grace of God? Who is welcoming in the sinner into the arms of God? God's hand is still extended. His his hand is extended to those that don't know Christ. God has faith in his own born again experience. The father knows that once someone truly is born again or comes into relationship with Jesus Christ, once they come into the light, the darkness is put out. The heart of God is grieved, grieved at the response of his church. Hate is not a response from God, but a response from the devil. It comes out of a self-righteous heart. It ignores its own sin while prostituting or parading the sin of others in in an attempt to make itself look better or to make itself look holy. It says, I'm not like them. I'm so glad I am not like them as other men are. I tithe. I go to church. I live a holy life. But you make others, you bring others low to bring yourself up higher. The father is not pleased. It is a self-righteous heart that ignores its own sin in order to promote the sin of someone else. And the heart of God is grieved. God's not pleased. The devil wants you to hate because those who hate cannot truly carry or promote the gospel of Jesus Christ. You're carrying another spirit. You're carrying an anti-Christ. For the opposite of love is hate. And what a shame today that there are many in our pulpits, many in our churches today at this moment that are proclaiming a false gospel, that are proclaiming a message of hate, that are proclaiming a message of damnation. God loves the sinner, but he hates the sin. But many are, but many are condemning the person as well as the act. Hear me when I tell you something. Anytime... We take the humanity out of the person. 
and we label them with what they do, label them with what they've done, label them uh, by their, even by the color of their skin, label them by their, uh, their racial standing or the economic standing. Anytime we separate the person whom God loves, we, anytime we eclipse them and focus merely on their condition, we're out of the heart of God. God still loves people. He gave his son to die for those same people. Are you hearing? So this is a dangerous message. This is a dangerous message because there are many, there are not many, at least that I'm aware of, that is proclaiming what I'm telling you at this moment. Are you hearing? But the enemy wants you to hate. He he wants you to condemn. He wants you to judge because once you do that, once you get wrapped up in those hellish emotions, once you get wrapped up in that, you lose the ability to witness for Christ. The Bible says in Ephesians, the fourth chapter, and you can go ahead and get that Ephesians, the fourth chapter. I want you to see this. Ephesians four, verse twenty nine through thirty two. We're going to read this out of the word, out of the word of God, out of the uh, King James Version. But understand something once again. If half of the people or the majority of the people who are writing hate messages and, and hateful posts on Facebook and, and hating and bickering and going back and forth over this same issue, if half of those would declare Jesus loves you. And if you give your life to him, he'll change your life. If half of those would share the love of God, if half of those would go into the presence of God and begin to pray for their friends, pray for their co-workers, pray for those individuals that are celebrating sin and iniquity. If half of those people would pray for them, pray that the presence of God would come upon them, pray that God would show them a light, show them his way. If half of those people would do that, then this nation would turn. Remember, our answer for this nation and world is not found in the White House. It is not found in the courthouse. It is not found in the schoolhouse. The answer for this nation is not even found in the church house. It's found in your house as you get on your knees and you turn from your own sin and seek God's face. As you pray, then the Father will turn for answer from heaven and he will heal the land. Are you hearing? Ephesians 4, 29 through 32 says this, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Verse 31, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice and be what kind one to another, tender hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Does God advocate homosexuality and lesbianism or same-sex marriage? Uh, is, is he okay with that? No, he hates sin. 
Is he okay with drunkenness and, and gambling and adultery and fornication and murders? No, he hates sin, but he loves the person. And the person is worth redeeming. Look beyond what they are doing and see the individual. Look beyond what they're doing and see the person. There was some sort of social experiment that they, um, that they uh, did in one of the major cities. And uh, I saw this video and it was quite compelling. They had, um, they picked someone out of a family, a brother or a sister. And what they did, they put them in beggar's clothes and they laid them on the side of the street and they told them to panhandle to ask for money ask for money they put them in filthy rags and they began to you know the smell and what would happen is they asked their family the producers told their family to walk down that street and their family members didn't even look down to see who they were as their family member, their own brother or sister was on the ground holding a cup up asking, they became invisible. They did not see their family member because they didn't see the person. They only saw the condition. They only saw the condition, but they didn't see the person. God loves people. He loves them. He loves the sinners. Matter of fact, he loved them so much that he gave his only begotten son to die for them. That whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. He loves the sinners so much. Even us, while we were still in sin, Christ died for us. But if we only see their condition and not the person, you're missing the heart of God. For a moment, take God's perspective. Take an eternal perspective, an eternal perspective. For a moment, let's use our, our holy, sanctified imagination. Can you do that with me for a moment? For a moment, I want you to think that time is over. What we call time is over. It is the end. It is the end. And now all of humanity will stand before God. All those who have not uh, had their lives washed in the blood of Jesus, all those that have not believed in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, all those who have not trusted in Jesus, all of those will be standing now in front of God for this day of judgment. Those who have trusted in Jesus as Lord and Savior, being their, being their sacrifice, their substitute, their scapegoat, if you will, in the book of Leviticus, the 16th chapter, all of those will be standing with the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So on that day, you will see people standing in front of God who have ignored the gospel, who have, who are saying that I know best for me and I know or who have lived their life as being best for them or they know better and they are saying, I don't want Christ. They have lived their life rejecting the only way of salvation for no man comes unto the father except by Jesus Christ. See that scene just for a moment because now at that time, there is nothing that the angels can do, nothing that we can do. There's nothing that God can do because the time is set. 
And now all of these individuals, whether there be billions or how many um, zillions from the, from the beginning of time, all of them will stand before God. And so they're standing before God. And on the other side is a lake of fire is hell and the lake of fire. All of them are there and there is no choice at this moment other than them. They have no defense whatsoever. And at that moment, it doesn't matter what sin they committed because this is whether it's homosexuality, whether stealing, killing, whatever, or rape, whatever. None of that will take them to hell. What would take them to hell? The fact that they rejected the son of God. They reject the son of God, the only solution, because remember, if they receive Jesus and become truly born of God, the son of God steps in, the spirit of God steps in, and they become the temple of the Holy Spirit. And the Lord Jesus said, those who love me will keep my commandments. They'll keep my commandments. So the issue is, the issue is not who is sinning or what flavor of sin. The issue is, have you rejected or received the son of God? And so here we are standing at the end of time and there is fire and there are people that have already gone down into the lake of fire and we hear horrible blood curdling screams and they're in agony and and they're in agony and we're crying and we're wailing because we know their eternal destiny, a destiny full of pain and, and anguish where there will be no escape. God sees that moment. God is in that moment. As he stands at the beginning of time and at the end of time in the same moment. He is time. He is eternity. He is in all places at all times. You and I waiting to get there, but God is already there. So from his eternal perspective, as many people as we can get out of that line, the better. And so how is the heart of God grieved when we go and point our hands at them and say, you're going to hell. This is not right. That is not right. How is that helping that line get shorter? How is it helping them get shorter? But what would the heart of God be pleased with? You say, hey, brother. I know what you're doing. Don't worry about that. Just come into a relationship with Jesus. He'll help you sort all of that stuff out. Hallelujah. God loves you. He gave his son to die for you. God loves you and he wants to bless you and he wants to increase you. He wants to promote you. He wants you to have an abundant life with Christ Jesus. He's given his all for you. So our job is not to condemn but to make that line shorter. Some people will go whether you, no matter what you or I do. But then there are some who want a way out. But if we condemn them all, if we judge them all, how would that help that line? Take a God point of view. Take a God perspective. Are you hearing? The commission has not changed. What Jesus told us to do has not changed. Now, let me give you another picture. What if there were a corrupt hospital? What if the doctors and nurses, what if there was some sort of epidemic and people were bleeding and, and all this sort of stuff and, and they all began to rush a hospital 
And they're trying their best to carry each other to the hospital. Some of them were debating whether to go to the hospital or not because they said, well, we're too sick to go. But then some said, I got to go. I'm in too much pain. I'm in agony. I've got to go. And they say that they can help me. I've got to go to this hospital. And so they began, there's a mad rush to the hospital. People are bleeding from their eyes and their, and their ears and their sores and, and they're heavy laden with burdens and they come to the hospital. But here comes the staff greeting them at the door of doctors and nurses. And instead of letting them come in, they say, you're too filthy. You are nothing. You're no good. You can't come in here. You're bleeding too much. Look at all this stuff on you. You smell. You can't come in here. What a corrupt hospital would that be? We see that is crazy. That, that is idiotic. Why would that even be so? But yet and still, we do the same thing in many of our churches. Give God a chance to heal the life. Are you hearing? Give him a chance. The, the Great Commission has not changed. In Mark 16, it says in verse Mark 16, verse 15 through 18, it says this. And, and he said unto them, as I'm closing, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature that has not changed. That has not changed. Years ago, years ago, and some of you will, will I'm sure many of you will remember, they legalized uh, people living together. They call them common law relationships, common law marriages. Years ago, many other things were happening. The, the fabric or the moral fabric of our country, of, our, of this world, is eroding. It's not surprising to God, but your job remains the same. Get the people out of the line. And you're not going to do that by judgment and condemnation. You have to show them an answer. What would happen if in that same scene of the hospital, what would happen if the doctors and nurses ran out with syringes and, and, and band-aids? And what if they ran out with stretchers or, or with gurneys and they rolled them into the x-rays or, and, and they rolled them into other apartments or they rolled them in, in, into the surgery room? What would happen if they all got busy helping other people? But you can't condemn someone and help them at the same time. Remember, as the Lord said, they don't need your finger. They need your hand. They need your hand. Yes, there are many that celebrate that celebrate sin. They know God's word and they refuse it. We cannot help to them. We say, do not cast your pearls. Yet there are some that don't know God's word and they know that there is an answer. They just don't know where it is to them. We seek you. We're seeking you with a hot fervent to show you the love of Jesus Christ. Then there are others who are in who are in a bad lifestyle, so to speak, who are in sin that know they're in sin and they don't know how to get out of sin. To you, we say we're coming with deliverance. We're coming with the finger of God. We're coming. We're coming for you. We're we're praying for you and we're going to break you out of that condition in Jesus name. We're praying the blood of Jesus would break every hold of the enemy off of your life. We're praying for you. We're praying for you. But you can't pray for someone and condemn them at the same time. So what should our response be? What should our response be? We got to get him out of that line. 
We got to get him out of that line. There is no exit to hell. There is no exit out of the lake of fire. Once they are there, they are there. And at the end in Revelation, God says, now we see why God says that he had to wipe away all the tears from our eyes. Because I wonder how many of us would say, I see that man. And I didn't tell him. I see that woman, but I was afraid to say Jesus. I was afraid to talk to them. How many people will be in that line where we had an opportunity, we felt the promptings of the Holy Spirit, and we said nothing? Let's ask God to help us redeem the time. Let's ask the Father to give us to give us a, a fresh anointing, a fresh grace. Give us wisdom to empower us by his spirit to proclaim the gospel, to proclaim the gospel with signs and, and wonders following. Let's ask the Father in the name of Jesus to give us words for them. God, give us words. God, give us a heart for them. Oh, God, give us a heart for them. For they are crying in their beds at night. They have sought the church and, and many, many of the church, not all, but many have condemned them not even knowing their first name. But we lump them in a group. But Lord, you know them all by name. You've numbered every hair on their head. And you know who can be saved and who will be saved. And you're looking for people that would go and seek and save those that were lost. The father asked a question in the heavenlies. And he asked the question, who will go for us? And who can I send? This generation is, is heavy laden with sin. This generation needs Jesus. This generation needs salt and light. Who will go for us? And who can we send? Who, who can we send? Who will shorten this line that the, that the Father's looking at right now? Who can he depend on that will preach the uncompromising word of God? Who can he depend on? Then Isaiah said, here am I. Send me. Can he send you? Or are we still hung up in what they do? Have you not seen who they are? Have you not seen their pain? Have you not seen their struggle? Have you not seen their burdens? Have you not seen them as they want to come out? Not all, but many. Not all will be saved, but many. Not all of humanity will be saved, but many will. I pray today that you will say with me, here am I, Lord. Send me. Send me. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name for this day that you've given us this word. We thank you, Lord, for this dangerous message because the enemy is expecting hate. He's, he, he wants 
hate. He wants bitterness. He wants it. These are all qualities that belong to him. But you have called us to the ministry of reconciliation. Father, we pray in Jesus' name that you would empower us even more. This day, Lord God, we do call on the presence, call on your holy presence. For how can we minister? How can we serve this generation? How can we tell them of the Lord except you go with us? Go with us, God. Go with us. Help us to see people as you see them. Help us to see them through your eyes. Help us to feel their pain. Send us. For Lord, you said you came not for those that were well or whole, but for those who needed a physician. Send us. Today, Lord, we ask that you would fill our mouths with your word. Fill us up. Fill us up. Fill our heart with your word. Fill us up. Fill us up. Give us opportunities. Give us opportunities to minister. Give us opportunities to witness, to make that line shorter. Give us opportunities. Here we are, Lord. We're your in-time, we're your in-time church. And Lord, I know we're not the only ones that are proclaiming this dangerous message. So Father, I pray worldwide that you would fill us up. Fill us up with a word for our classmates, a word for our co-workers, a word for those in the, in the parking lots of Walmart. Fill us up, oh God. Fill us up in the places of our ministry and business. Fill us up. Let not one person come our way and we don't have a word to give to them. Let not one person come our way and we don't have an anointing. Lord, let not one person come our way without them being exposed to the gospel of Christ. And Father, we pray against timidity and shame and, and cowardness. Lord, we pray that you give us a, a holy boldness today to speak out and to declare your love. I thank you, Father. Today, cause your will to come to pass. We're going to commission you today once again. We're going to commission you today once again to make that line shorter. And on that day, we'll all, if the Lord wills, that we'll see a, a tape rolling up this day. And Father, we can only pray and believe that, Lord, as you have anointed me to be pastor of this house, play something instrumental, please. As you've anointed me to be the pastor of this house, and as I anoint your people, Father, I can only pray and believe with all my heart that you'll give them exactly what we're believing you for. Fill them as let them be modern day prophets, modern day evangelists, modern day teachers, modern day disciples that would take that would make other disciples of Jesus Christ. Father, I pray today as you hear us. For you, Lord, you said in your word, where two or three are to gather together, we're to gather together in your name that you would be in the midst of them. So, Lord, we know that you're in the midst of us now, for there are, two, there are at least two others in here that are gathered here in your name, and we're taking this thing very seriously. We don't want to see anybody go to hell. We don't want to see anybody even live in hell. But use us, Father. 
for your great glory in Jesus' mighty name. Well, well, that's it, my friends, for this recorded message. Thank you so much for hearing this audio CD. Now, here's the next step. Take the CD out and share it with a friend. And don't forget, there is a QR code that is quick response code on the front of the CD. Well, you just take your smartphone out and you scan that code. And guess what? You'll install the Kingdom Rock app right on your mobile device. And in the Kingdom Rock app, uh, it's available, of course, in the Android market and iPhone. And you can have the web app if you have another type of phone. Well, once you scan that code, you'll have access into our entire archive of messages. There are probably hundreds or thousands of messages there that you can hear. And they're made new and fresh, uploaded fresh every single week to the glory of the Lord. So I want you to take advantage of that. It's going to be a blessing to you. All right. Well, before we go, I want to just say a word of prayer over your life. And I pray that God will richly bless you. Would you take a moment and pray with me? Oh, wonderful. Well, let's go ahead and pray. Dear Father, I thank you for my friend that is right now listening to this audio CD. I ask you to bless them and cause your light to shine upon them and cause them to see better days, cause them to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and as their Savior. And Father, I pray that the power of darkness would be broken off of their lives and that they would see Jesus plainly, brightly, and victoriously in their own lives. Bless my friend today, I ask, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. And my friend, if you have never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior, you know, here's a good time to do it. So just continue to play the CD, and I'm going to lead you in the prayer of salvation. And of course, there is no magical words, no magical words that will get you into the kingdom of God. But this short prayer of salvation can start you on the way. Then after we're finished praying, do me a favor. Look for a good local church, a good Bible-believing local church that will help you in your spiritual growth and development. Get baptized in the wonderful name of Jesus. And I pray that you will be filled with God's precious spirit. And remember, if you're ever in the Bremen area, you're welcome, more than welcome, to stop by and worship with us. Every Sunday morning at 10 a.m., just check our website for more details at www.kingdomrock.org. All right, are you ready to pray? Let's pray. I'll pray for you and then you just repeat after me, okay? Father, your word declares that those who come to you, you will in no wise cast out. So Lord, I'm bringing my friend to you right now. Regardless of where they've been, regardless of what they have done, I know that the blood of Jesus was shed on their behalf and you want to forgive them. You're waiting to do it. And I ask you that you would hear us as we pray. All right, my friend. All right, come on, let's pray together. And just say with me, Father, I admit that I have sinned. I have done wrong. I have fallen short of your plans for my life. But I believe in Jesus. I believe that he is a savior of the world. And I may not know how everything works, but I do believe. I ask you, Lord Jesus, to come into my heart and to fill me and to make me yours. And I will serve you all the days of my life as you show me how. I need you and I thank you 
for washing my sins away and making me whole. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, my friends, I believe that that is the start of a wonderful relationship between you and God the Father. Continue in His rich word and join us next time for more Kingdom Rock Radio. We love you now. God bless you.